episode 96 of the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast features recently retired principal of Hendrickson High School, Mr. Daniel Garcia. Mr. Garcia, Coach Garcia, was the principal at Hendrickson for five plus years. Prior to that was the principal at Conley High School for many years and overall 30 years plus in education. We talk about his path and journey from coaching into education, the transition of what it is to go from coaching to administration, and much, much more. Currently, Mr. Garcia is working with Special Olympics, a huge passion that he has. Before we jump into today's episode, just a few housekeeping things. Remember to follow the show on Twitter at HWCN Podcast and share this episode if you find value in it. We'd also appreciate some rating and reviewing on your favorite uh, listening platform. If you're in the Dallas area looking for some fantastic custom cookies, check out Texas Treaters. Podcast listeners use a special discount code at checkout podcast. Link will be in the show notes to order. Trying to step up your menswear game, Etiquette Dawn is the choice for you. Etiquette Dawn is a truly custom apparel company that will have you looking like a sharp dressed man. When you need a coffee that works as hard as you do or is as strong as your squat bench deadlift, clean or snatch, check out Viking Coffee Company. Use the code Coffee with Noonan for a 10% discount on single purchases. Check out Xanago Sprayer to keep your locker room and weight room more sanitized with ease. Now, enjoy today's episode with Mr. Garcia. On today's episode of the Hang With Coach Noonan podcast, I am joined by recently retired principal of Hendrickson High School, uh, Mr. Daniel Garcia. He's a former coach, now a former principal. Uh, He's living the good life of golf and taking it easy. Um, But I will say that Mr. Garcia is probably the best principal I've ever had the privilege of working under uh, his guidance, his leadership through uh, COVID protocols, through some unfortunate tragedies that, uh, you know, struck our school. Uh, I just couldn't have asked for a better uh, leader. Um, so I appreciate you taking a chance on on me to hire me. And, uh, you know, just thank you for all that you've done for the community as well. Well, Coach, I, I appreciate you having me on. When you asked me, I didn't I really know what to say, man. I just was really excited and obviously really uh, humbled and, and appreciative of the opportunity. And, and man, it's, it's folks like you, coach, that really did make that 32-year journey go really quick, right? It's just you build relationships and work gets to, to be fun. And, you know, I, I used to tell people I might have taken a few thousand dollars pay cuts to be working with the folks that I was going to be working with Dan and Dale. I would never go say that to central office, right? It just, uh, we appreciated the, uh, the blessings that we received, but no, thank you for having me. And man, I'm excited to, to be talking to you today. It's, it's definitely a, a, a good thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I, I knew, you know, I knew that you were a former coach, but I felt like I really saw it on display um, that first year when we got hired, when I got hired and we're, trying to figure out how are we going to go back to school? How are we going to operate summer workouts? How are we going to operate games? And, you know, you just always seem to have, whether you felt it internally or not, at least in my perspective, you seem to present a very calm and collected 
front while still being, you know, true to who you were, um, you know, because I'm sure it's difficult for you at times as, you know, the leader of the campus, uh, knowing what's coming down the pipe to either head up, head it off for your, you know, for your faculty and staff or, you know, try to present it in a different kind of way that softens the, the, the turd rolling downhill, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Coach. And so, yeah, there's so much of that, like the, the direction of that, right. The, just the thought of, of going back two years and, you know, what we all went through as educators right now, tell people like the, the goodwill towards the educators. Once we got through some of COVID and, and folks that are listening will remember like the, the gratitude lasted all of like 27 seconds, right? And then everyone was back at us and, and you know, why aren't you doing this? Are you doing this wrong? Y'all should do this better and that sort of thing. But, you know, it's it's that mentality. And, and in it, it is, you know, it's, it is a coaching mentality as I think back to it is, you know, staying calm in adversity, staying calm, uh, in, 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 in the tough times, it's that, that same thing. I never coached at, at high school, but as we worked, I was a middle school coach. And as we worked with those high school folks, it was really that idea of, you know, what is our next step? What are we going to do next? You know, um, you know, uh, kind of changing directions in the middle of the battle, right. And, and thinking through what is it that that's going to be the next challenge for us as, as we go out on, on offense or defense, you know, special teams, whatever it is that we're working on, how are we going to make adjustments in the moment so that we can set ourselves up for the best, for the win, right, for the best situation. And I think that, that my time as a coach, and I, I think even more as a middle school, middle school coach, because, you know, at middle school, and not that the high school folks don't do this, but at middle school, you're doing it all. You, you're, doing, you're doing laundry, you know, you're doing buzz duty, you know, you're doing the whatever it is that you're doing, staying after the, the waiting on the parents to pick them up. I think it's, it's that mindset of a coach that really served me well as an administrator, staying calm in, in, in our challenging times, you know, as we went through COVID, thinking through and not doing things in isolation, embracing that team philosophy of, you know, um, how do, how do I pull the teachers and, and, teacher leaders and other administrators into our decision-making so that we can get all perspectives, right? Because I just see one side of it. And if I have a hundred people working alongside me, then if, if we, if we uh, stand shoulder to shoulder in a circle, you know, then I've got a 360 view and in, in, in a very, you know, fine perspectives. And so I think that's what really did help me is as I went through the coaching ranks and, you know, as I coached and then became a campus coordinator, just being able to understand that everyone's going to have, there's going to be a lot of different opinions and different perspectives. And if we take those into consideration and can make them work with, you know, directives that we're being given, that it makes it a lot easier. And so I appreciate the words. Yeah, that we, we went through some very challenging times with, you know, some student loss that, that we dealt with, you know, and and, and absolutely COVID was, was a challenge just with uh, being at school, first not being at school and then some being at school and some not being at school, then everybody being at school and some not wanting to come. I mean, you had all manners of situations and uh, yeah, the, uh, I, I think through it all um, that the team there at Hendrickson did an amazing job in the district. And I think you know, educators as a whole across the state and country did an amazing job to, to bring us back. We've got, you know, 
lots of work still to do, but I, I think uh, for the most part, the direction is is in the right right direction. We're headed in the right direction. Yeah, let's um let's rewind the clock a little bit and let's kind of you know hear your journey from from where you grew up to getting to Texas Tech to getting into coaching. Um, you know, and then and then we'll kind of talk about the decision to go from coaching to administration after that. Sure. So I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say thanks, uh, you know, to all those educators that influenced me, Coach Wright. So I don't sit here today and as a retired educator without educators that, that influenced me. And, you know, and I shared those with you all as a staff all the time. You know, I can name them off the top, top of my head, you know. You know, but I'll, I'll say this, you know, my position coach at Tahoka, the Tahoka High School is where I went, uh, home of the Bulldogs, uh, big blue wrecking crew coming through. Um, Tommy Boyd was my position coach. And Coach Boyd, uh, I would have ran through a wall uh, for him. And, you know, I have stories I'm probably not appropriate to share uh, on a podcast, but I'll share it with you later. Uh, and I would have really done anything for him. He believed in me. I was uh, undersized. You wouldn't know that by looking at me now, but I was an undersized uh, linebacker, you know, and he utilized my the the gifts that I've been blessed with to to be a you know to perform for him and get things done for that he needed to do uh, there as we played and played some offense as well but um, you know growing up I was a, a, a tell kids I was a you know free lunch kid you know my parents uh, my dad worked really hard it was six of us he did the best he could and so from the dusty you know uh, roads of Tahoka Texas um, and got involved in athletics and that was that's what turned the tie for me you know um went on to be a, 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 a high school football player and uh, wound up getting involved in upward bound there at texas tech university did uh summer enrichment classes my junior and senior year of high school we spent so we'd play ball on friday and then saturday morning we're expected to be on campus at the tech campus eight o'clock you know doing enrichment classes doing math and ela and uh college prep classes and so of course there are built some amazing friendships and relationships with my boy James Johnson, you know, uh, uh, who played ball at Tech and now coaches up in the Metroplex. Um, and and you've had the opportunity to meet. That's where we got to know each other and grew to be uh, tremendous friends and leaned on each other. You know, during our time at Tech, uh, um, support each other to graduate. So uh, was he. Um, he, he, like I said, he played ball, and, and really that continued to to be a, a, I felt like a calling to me. You know, as he played and and I was going through school, I just understood who had made an impact to me, and felt like I needed to repay that, and so to honor those educators that had influenced me. And so, uh, as I got to tech, went into uh, political science, um, and got my degree, um, and then I was out doing. Uh, work at some of the small towns doing outreach, uh, helping kids get into college, you know, first generation, low income kids. And so I was like, man, I'm in all these buildings. And I just, I, I was like, I, this is what I need to be doing. I need to be out of school working. And so I went back and got my certificate. And, and uh, then uh, at that point, just decided my parents had moved to Taylor in 1986. So I went ahead and, and headed this way to the Austin area and wound up getting a job at Webb Middle School. And so um, wound up at Webb, uh, taught and coached there for eight years. 
Uh, then I moved into administration. And so that that's a short of it. I think the thing, just going back to, to my college days, you know, the, the folks that gave me opportunities there at Upward Bound to, when, you know, they started trusting us to, to work with kids. Uh, Mr. Robert Guajardo, who uh, is now retired from the university, and uh, Mr. Eric Strong, who was a huge mentor of JJ and I's and gave us just opportunities to work with, with young kids. We were kids ourselves, but work with younger kids and trusted us, you know, with university bands and, and talked to us really about how to represent the brand. You know, they, they told us, look, you're going to be riding around with, with um, in bands that have the tech seal on the side. Always remember who you're representing. Like, you know, remember you representing us, you know, as you're out there. So when, if something happens, they're going to call Robert and Eric. Uh, but, you know, upward bound, but larger than that, the university and, and, and always remembering, you know, first and foremost, you're representing your family, so make them proud. And so they always instilled that in us to just to remind us, like, look, represent the brand and be and be true to yourself. You know, don't go out uh, and, and, and do something different. So uh, wound up at Webb, did a, like I said, did my teaching time there. Uh, Webb was a was a challenging time they, they were opening it up and bringing kids from three different middle schools there in inner Austin. And uh, it was, it was a tough go. I wondered if I really had signed up to do the right thing, but it was, it was challenging, but uh, it was because of how we, it had been set up when we got through there and did some really, really good things and had some amazing athletes come through there. And uh, one, one probably that you would know most would be Derek Strait. Derek uh, played at Oklahoma and won, uh, what was the award? He won the defensive year of the defensive back of the year award. I can't, maybe it's the Thorpe Award. Yeah, Thorpe is the defensive back, yeah. Yeah, he won the Thorpe Award. And, and, that, and Derek was a great kid, came from a tough situation. So, um, you know, that's a, the, the journey there. So I wound up at, just from there, went to Bowie, Bowie High School, Johnston High School, spent a year at those places, and then went to Conley High School as an AP for four years. And then uh, had a was trying to get a principalship and had a superintendent. I talked to the said, "You'll love this story." So I went and uh, I was visiting with the superintendent with the superintendent at, at the time and said, "Hey, Doc, I'm ready to be uh, I'm, I'm ready to be a principal." And they looked straight at me and said, "Danny, you're gonna be a great principal somewhere." And so, you know, I'm not deaf, and and uh, I heard the message loud and clear. So I started looking at other districts for principalship, and wound up at San Antonio at Shirts, uh, doing a middle school or junior high principalship. And then Conley came back open, so I spent ten years at Conley as a principal, and then seven at Hendrickson as principal. So that's the nutshell of it. And um, like I said, everything that I learned when I was coaching, I mean, I would say, you know, the, from the relation. The thing that I learned that, that served me the most and best was that understanding that if I can build a relationship with a kid, just like Coach Board had done with me, that I'm going to be able to get some things done right. We'll be able to play for a city championship. We'll be able to navigate crisis. We'll be able to have uh, conversation, tough conversations with parents or kids or staff or and, and, and even, you know, hold ourselves accountable. And so... I would say that that you know, as 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 folks that that work with kids day in and day out, that that the skill set is there to uh, transition into other leadership roles for sure. When did you realize that you wanted to 
move from coaching into administration? Right. Um, another funny story. So I won't give the person's name and they may listen and find this out. But um, so one day we, we were sitting in the coach's office and I was a young, young cat at that point. Right. Or, uh, probably by, by this point, probably later 20s. Uh, we're sitting in the coach's office and we probably just come off of off the field for football practice or something. And we're sitting in the coach's office and the 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 guy that was the the campus coordinator said, man, yeah, I got to get up tomorrow, um, go to this graduate class at a, I'm not sure where he was going, to be honest with you. Might have, I, and I don't think it matters anyway. So, so I got to get up in the morning to go do this class. And I thought, this guy's going to work. He's working on a master's to be a, a, an administrator. And, and it just kind of stuck with me because I knew that he really struggled with, the, with with some of his leadership capacity, you know, and, and relationship piece. And I just thought, well, if he can do that, like, let me start looking into what it takes for me to do that. And it, it took me a year or two to finally move in a direction because he was affording an opportunity to go to another campus. So I moved up to campus coordinator and, uh, you know, want to have that experience, but uh, wound up doing that program. Uh, I went and did my program at, at uh, Southwest Texas State at that time. And got it done in a couple of years, and and that was kind of the start. You know, it just things moved pretty quick, and so that, that was really the impetus. Was someone else? I I never, you know, as as I talked to the principal that was there at the time, um, he encouraged me. He said, you, you know, you would be you would be well served to do that. Uh, it'll give you opportunities for advancement and and other things that you probably are interested in doing. So. You know, he encouraged me and uh, my original principal, Dr. Tina Waters, was also very influential because she always was talking to us about advancing and just kind of how her journey had been as, you know, uh, just being a Latina and, and uh, you know, she was older than I. So, you know, she had different stories about, you know, what it had, what it had been like for her to, you know, navigate uh, higher education. So, those really, I would say, were, were the things that kind of got me to thinking about it. Yeah. And then you said, you know, you, you approached uh, the superintendent and you said, you know, I'm ready to be a principal now. You know, where, because that's always the question when it comes to on the coaching side, like, you know, when are you ready to go and take that step to be a coordinator? When are you ready to go from a coordinator to a head coach, right? And sometimes people tell you, You'll just know. And then other people will say, you never know if you're actually ready, but you got to shoot your shot in essence. So what made you feel like you were ready to take that next step to go to from AP to, to campus principal and, and, you know, and run the whole show? Yeah, I, th I think it was just finally for me, I think it was finally feeling like I had enough experiences Um that I had a skill set that that I felt like now I could I could lead lead a campus right and so but, but I agree with this it's that mentality of when, it's that idea of not not even mentality that that idea of when when do when does someone feel like they're ready you know there'll be folks that will wait around because they love they so much love where they're at that they're gonna wait for the opportunity at, at that place that they're at right so they you know they might be a lifetime waiting for you know a, a AP position or a, a, a OCDC or a head coach position to come open and, and then put their name in the hat and if they don't get it they're fine it's just they have a, a passion for that place 
And then there's some of us that have that mindset of, man, I know that in my, I know in my heart I'm ready and wherever that takes me, you know, and, and making that decision, you know, I'm, I'm going to go anywhere in the state of Texas up and down 35 from, you know, from the Oklahoma border down to the, to the border of Mexico, you know what I'm saying? And anything off 35, that's going to be, I can do that. And so, you know, it's really thinking through the, the needs of the family. I think for me, that played a large role because as, as I come, as I talked to my family, it was like, okay, we don't want to be too far west or we don't want to be too far east. You know, we understood that the, the, the 35 provided us an opportunity to get to our families fairly quick, you know, because family is really important. And so, um, you know, I think, I think one was, you know, having the experiences, um, you know, having dealt with, with, uh, you know, I was an AP uh, during, during the time of 9-11, you know, that was, that was a tragedy that we all learned from and, and how we were going to handle that to the loss of students. I wasn't the principal, but, you know, students that, that passed and, you know, dealing with, with uh, personal matters, that sort of thing, hiring folks, you know, that's when I felt like, okay, I've done all these things. So I feel like I'm ready to do that. And um, I don't, I, I would say in retrospect, I don't know that we're ever ready. You know, you, you might be in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and, you know, you might have been ready after year three to make that move. You know what I'm saying? Is 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 uh, rinse? What it was? Wash, rinse, repeat. Whatever the the saying is. And, and so mm -hmm. once you go through it a few times, you understand the cycle of things and and what you have to do to to be successful and, and to make sure that that eyes are dotted and, and T's crossed. Yeah. When you kind of started the, your journey. It, it, from the administrative standpoint, what was the kind of the makeup of the administration in comparison to the schools you were at? And did you see either a good average or less than representation in terms of people, leaders that looked like you, or at least you felt that connection with being, you know, being of Hispanic descent and, you know, just kind of that whole glass ceiling type, you know, and just trying to break through. Yeah. And so that's a great question because I think that, you know, you and I show up to a district right PD. Uh, we're going to understand like we are, we are truly underrepresented. Right. So uh, if you're if you're Hispanic or African American or, or any other person of color, you're going to show up to any campus or district and under, understand that like you might be the only representation in the room, right? Given given the situation, and so um, you know that's not to say for sure that there aren't people out there that understand our situation and our and our ad, advocates and allies, right? Um, and are are willing to do whatever they need to to support us, and so, um, but yeah, you know, getting out there for sure that you know, my first uh, AP job, I went from from Webb Middle School, you know, a Title One campus in East Austin, essentially, you know, we call it East Austin, it's right on thirty five and and St. John's, and so going from that community to to serving out at Bowie was like night and day change, right, and so. Um, you know, as I looked at the leadership team, um, 
there wasn't there wasn't many people that looked like me, you know. And and you and I have have the the pleasure of knowing each other. I tell people I've been able to navigate two worlds pretty easily, being a Hispanic man and, and fluent in, in in Spanish and articulate. But then you know, you look at me and I could fit in in the black community really easy. And so I was able to 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 leverage that into relationships. But you know, going back to you know us being represented. Obviously, uh, you know, and, and 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 probably those that know you, want to understand that we're we're underrepresented in, in every corner of, of of the work, right? In education as a whole, so we're not represented. You know, when you look at a campus, and the campus is fifty five percent Hispanic or sixty percent Hispanic, that that number doesn't reflect in its staff, not because uh, not because not by choice, but because we, you know, Hispanic. Uh, educators are just not out there in the numbers for us to, to do that, right? And so um, it does, you know, uh, being of, of Hispanic descent, it does, it does give us, give, it did give me opportunities to, to represent us. Uh, you know, people wanted to hear my voice and, and hear what, what our community would be thinking about any, anything, any, any subject um, and, and, and going at it that way. But yeah, I think that and this time uh, that, and I know for a fact because I'm involved in some things with some outside organizations that there's a real uh, concerted effort to make sure that they rep that that they that their support for uh, leaders of color, that leaders of color uh, receive um, you know what they need in order to be successful in terms of mentoring and coaching and, and resources that sort of thing, and so. Um, it's definitely a different day. I think people have come to understand the value that we bring to the table, and and, and uh, you know, allowing us to to have a voice and and how things are run. So, uh, I hope I answered your question. I feel like maybe I skirted it, but uh, there there definitely is a glass ceiling there, and, and you know, uh, I think that you know, I, I look around. I'll say it this way: I look around the state at the superintendents and head coaches. You know, uh, we just had a, an African-American coach named president of TS, the you know, Texas High School Coach Association. And that's a big deal. You know, things like that that occur that that do help, you know, put cracks in, and, and shatter the, the glass ceiling is the work that needs to continue and, uh, you know, supporting them to success so that people don't don't um, say, well, they, you know, they got the opportunity and really didn't help anything. And so. And a lot's to be proud of for sure. Yeah, and so your your last little bit right there kind of leads into this next question. Did you ever feel like you got a job because you checked the box? I, I never felt that way. Um, I felt like, you know, I'll be honest, you know, and this is not me being narcissistic or anything, but, but but really, truly, this is the response that I'm about to give is is about the teams that that I had surrounding me. You know, I, I tell people all the time, my, my goal as a leader was to never be the smartest one. Now, I, I did tell my team, and I said this to the APs there at Hendrickson all the time, now there's 70 y'all and one of me, I, I'll work all seven there, y'all. Now, y'all may be smarter, but I'll work, <laughs> I'll work, you, I'll work you for sure. And so it, I think that that, that and I hope that the reason that I was given any opportunity was really because of the work that and the things that we had achieved, you know. And again, 
I say as a team, because I don't think that any single one thing that that was done, uh, you know, at, when I was principal was was accomplished because of me. It was always done because we had an amazing team. There was great ideas and there was great, you know, not not only were we talking about things, we were working to get things done. Right. And so, um, no, I, I would say, like. I don't think that it was because I was Hispanic or that because, you know, because of my background, I think it had a lot to do with, with the quality of work that people knew and understood that I had produced before. And, 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 and really even more than that, I would say that um, it was because of the collaborative culture, right. That, 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 that was associated with so much of, of the successes that I was a part of. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I would venture to guess, even if initially that was the case and that may have never or would ever never be disclosed to you, it wouldn't have mattered because as soon as you were there, just like you just said, you're going to put in the work and you're going to do you because that's all you know how to do. Um, you know, I, I would I would also venture to guess one of the highest compliments that you could probably receive as a principal is. You know, if somebody didn't know who the principal was and they walked in one day at Hendrickson and they were asked, you know, who's the who's the person in charge you may not be able to directly point to you because you, you see just so much going on and it's all flowing seamlessly. Right. There's not like one person doing every single thing. You know, you can delegate and you can trust that it's going to get done. And then eventually they'll be like, man, oh, you're the principal. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you have so much trust to delegate to, to people? Like, you know, cause, and obviously that, that would come to you in a, in creating that staff, right? You, you get to, to pick and choose who you want around you. Um, and to, to not be the smartest person as a room is probably the, is the smartest thing you could do. Right. Bring in other ideas, bring in other, you know, experiences of people so that you have a greater base of knowledge to pull from when certain things come up. Or maybe they've done something similar and they've done it a different way and it and it actually works a little bit more efficiently. Because uh, at the end of the day, time is a very finite deal and you have eight hours in the school day and, and you got to make sure that. You know, at Hendrickson, 2,000 kids are being serviced in those eight hours, and there's a lot to do. And, you know, there's so much that I'm, I'm sure that people really don't even understand what you did behind the scenes, taking away from even just your APs, let alone the teachers and staff. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's, that's the thing, Coach. I think I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you, and I think the thing that, you know, that, that really resonates is this idea that, in, in any leadership role, you just can't, you can't feel threatened by your team, right? You, you can't be insecure uh, for any reason uh, about your team, whether, whether you might feel like they're out for the credit, you know, they want all the glory, or whether you, you might be feel threatened by, by their level of intelligence or, or any, anything like that. It's, it's, it's really truly this thing of trusting and, and growing, right? And, you know, you, know, you, you talked about, you know, having this this idea of, of 
of time being finite. Yeah, you know, you, you go year to year and year to year and year to year, and you do that long enough, you're 32 years in and, and calling it a day, right? And, and what have you done? And what have, what's the legacy you, you've left behind in terms of, cre- you know, helping create leadership, you know, those that would follow you and what legacy do you leave? And, and that was always so very important to, to me, not, not necessarily for the sake of a legacy, but for the sake of understanding that if we did things right, we could make, you know, we could, we could make exponential change, right? And, and, and affect lives across the air, across Central Texas, you know? And that really was the beauty of the journey was with this idea that, you know, I, I had team members, I had people that worked alongside of me that, that were amazing at what they did, you know, classroom teachers, um, you know, instructional coaches, uh, assistant principals, you know, folks that have gone on now to, to, to do other amazing, amazing things, you know? And so, yeah, th- uh, that's, that's really it. And, um, you know, how, how do you support and, and grow those around you, giving them those opportunities and, and making sure they receive the support that, that they need to be successful. Yeah. When I, I, I remember when I interviewed couple of things stood out to me one you complimented the the sport coat that I was wearing and you said I, I got one similar to that and I said no you don't because mine has my name in it uh, so mm-hmm. so the the guy that I plug um, that does custom men's apparel in the DFW Metroplex he made me that one um, so I you know that's like my favorite jacket it also was the one that flux that allows me to fluctuate weight the most so that's also probably why it's my favorite one um you know but the other thing that stuck out to me is i was in there and mr greb mike greb who's now the principal uh who has succeeded you or will be succeeding you he was also in there and you made the comment um and i don't know if you necessarily meant to or or you know if that's what you always did or whatnot. Um, but you know, you, you talk, and I don't remember if it was cause I asked a question or what, but you made reference to basically him being the next guy in line. Um, and, and you didn't shy away from that. And I've never in all my years of interviewing and, and this is going on year 14 for me. So I still got a long way to go to catch up to you. Um, I've never heard a principal reference somebody behind them. Uh, and I've been around head coaches who definitely feel very threatened by those people on staff and, and probably to their detriment because of, of the people that they have could actually open more doors for them and they could open more doors for the people below them. Because to me, as a as a coach, you want to see your coaches succeed the same way I'm sure you would want to see your APs succeed. Like, and you know, I'm sure there are some APs that the same way that there are some coaches that they're either better coordinators or better position coaches. They're not suited for that top, you know, you know, head chair position. They're better APs or they're better classroom teachers or instructional coaches. And it takes time to figure that out. But I, you know, do you do you remember? I don't know how much of, of my interview. I'm sure you you've done so many. They all just mesh together. I do remember the jacket piece because I that jacket man. Yours <laughs> is custom. I'm gonna have to get mine stitched up with my name in it because mine is the same. It's one of my favorites. It's just that blue man. It just it does it just does something. 
but I do remember that. But I, I would say this, though, I don't remember that comment. I would tell you, think about that. Think about what that does for someone coming behind you. you know, my associate principal is sitting there hearing me say that. And, and we've had conversations, right? I'm not just saying that out of the blue. I understand what his goals are. And, and he understands that by me saying that, I'm going I'm to do everything in my in my living power and in, 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 in my being for him to be the next guy. You know me, I'm putting it out there. One, putting it out there to the universe. Look, this is who I believe would be the next best person. Now, not because he, he's been under me or by, by any stretch of the imagination because he's helped and supported me, but because I know that he has the, the work ethic and the skills to, to be successful, right? And so think about one, the loyalty that that builds, right? Like he, he, he and I could have gone to battle, you know, we used to drive all over, all over Texas to go to, to games and, and competitions and that sort of thing. And it got to be like, he knew I was going to drive there because the sun was still out and I knew he was going to drive back because I couldn't see it at night. Right. And, 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 and every, every conversation that we had about what his future was going to be and what he wanted to do when, when he, you know, when he had the opportunity and yeah, it's, it's like blood, sweat and tears. And so though not, though I don't remember that exactly coach, I will tell you that uh, Mike and I, and there was other, you know, uh, people that are now executive directors in other districts or print have, have had, or even currently applying for principal positions that I've said to them, but like, look, I'm going to do whatever I can to give you these experiences and be at your side and be behind you or stay out of your way to see what, what to, to, to give you the opportunity to prove yourself so that you can have this opportunity. And I think that's what happened in this case was like, he, he was given enough opportunity, you know, he called enough plays and, you know, he audible enough and, and put things together uh, well enough where uh, those that were making the decisions understood the value that he brought to the organization. And I think that that to me is what leadership is about, is it's about value my team members having that, hey, what what do you want to do? What, do you, what is it that you're interested in? Okay, well, let's talk about that. Now I'm not going to tell you what it's going to take to be that, but you tell me what experiences you're going what what you need. Well, I'd like to do X, Y, and Z or, or B, C, and D. You know what I'm saying? And 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 making sure that they have those, even if it's something that I know I have to do, including them at the table, including them in the conversation, so that they can be involved and see, hey, that that's how that works. And man, yeah, that that was pretty tough conversation. I ain't really interested in doing that a whole lot, but at least now I know what it looks like. And I can say, yeah, I've dealt with that, you know, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, like I say, you have to be very secure in, 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 in yourself and your abilities to be able to coach others to, you know, come after your job. I, you know, I had a, me and a best friend of mine who's now a superintendent up in the, the Houston area. We used to compete for jobs all the time. We'd look at each other and say, you applying for this job? Yep, I'm applying for it. you. Yep. Put your mouthpiece in because we don't go compete for this one. And that was our mentality. We knew that at the end of the day, we were still going to love each other and, you know, be brothers. But uh, when we competed, it was about competing. But I say that is like being secure enough that that we understand that our relationship is is our relationship. And if, if we're competing for jobs that we can still uh, love and support each other and, and go from there. But, yeah, no, I think uh, with this deal, that that just happened at Hendrickson. I think it, it was done the right way, and 
you know, again, just because of hard work, you know, Mike paid, paid his paid his dues. And I think that when people pay their dues, they should be uh, given that opportunity, just like Doug Pierce. You know, Doug Pierce got the head coach job there at Hendrickson. And that same thing, people, you, you, you reward and you honor those that put in the time and give them to the community. And I think that's the way it should be all the way around. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, you know, I know collectively in the field house and the coach's office, you know, we, we were behind uh, Mr. Greb, Mike Greb getting the job and, and we were behind Doug Pierce getting the promotion. And, um, you know, I've, I've been, um, I've been in the position where there's a change at head coach. Um, it happened early in my career two different times and uh one time i i was told i'm not i'm not being brought back and that was i was a kick in the gut because you know i'm trying to i'm trying to just barely get my career started i'm five years in i don't know i don't know what to do i'm in a i'm in a strange city far away from my family you know and then the next time i was like i'm not going to let what happened to the last time you know, I'm not going to get got and blindsided. I'm at least going to create opportunity for myself um, elsewhere, you know? And so, you know, this time it was, it was different. Um, I know it just, it was a collective. I, I think we also knew this time or at least, you know, I felt like this time around comparative to the other three times uh, the internal candidate had a good opportunity or good, or it's not a, sorry, a, a really great chance to get it compared to the internal candidates that applied at other places we probably never had they probably never had a shot because the board was already going to go in a different direction there was already too much um bad blood and you know whether you're this guy's guy or that guy's guy and, and so you know i i appreciate you know pfisd for in my opinion, doing what's right for the kids, um, you know, and just continuing to promote from within, but also promote people that are going to continue the excellence, um, especially at, at what Hendrickson's done. Um, you know, I, I, I'd be, I'm curious what you, th why you think of, of all the schools in PFISD, and, and you can answer this however you desire to, you know, just Hendrickson has been exemplary in all areas, academically, in um, athletics, in even other things like Special Olympics and, and that type of, of um, avenue, uh, fine arts. Like, what is it, you know, about that school and the time you were there? I mean, you have state championship girls soccer team you know nationally recognized um for the um oh, what do we call it? what's it called our champion yeah the unified champions and uh just the, the the plethora of academic successes that that those students have have you know achieved what what is it about hendrickson and i you know i guess you know what is it about your legacy with Hendrickson that you think has made that school so successful in comparison, not just to the schools and PFISD, but the schools 
surrounding the area. Well, you know, I think I'd be remiss without really talking about the history of the campus, right? So the founding principal, uh, Dr. Lori Anfalt, right? An amazing woman uh, that really set the tone with the with the founding staff. And, and then you had um, Nelson Coulter, Freddie McFarlane, uh, you know, and then Dr. Patterville, who's now the superintendent out at Taylor, um, you know, were folks that sat in the seat and really, really set the, the tone for the campus, right? And so that academic excellence, part of part of the reason for the success is really the level of community support, right? So our kids come uh, with lots of support. There's lots of expectations of them uh, in the building, in the classroom, you know, academically. And, and then that translates to a lot of uh, expectations for, for those of us in the building working, right? And so um, that, that aligns to, to create, you know, what, what I would call a standard of excellence, right? And, and uh, and everything that we do, whether it's you know uh, the band program going to state, you know uh, finally breaking the glass ceiling like we were talking about and making state finals, right? So there's a legacy there of, of the band being really good, really successful, performing at Macy's, and then you know uh, speaking of, of people of color, you know we get James Harrison in there, and James kind of takes reins and and breaks that glass ceiling. Band goes to to state and makes the finals, and so. You know, it's it's that sort of thing. You know, uh, we have the girls uh, program, the girls soccer program. They're in a seventeen that won uh, this the state title under Coach Reby, right, and uh, led us to success there, and, and has gone on to lead the the program out of Jordan. Um, I think it's Katie Jordan, right? Yeah. yeah. So she's she's out there doing great things, and you know you have. Folks like Norma Sierra leading the girls basketball program, you know, perennial state re regional tournaments. And so, um, you know, it's on and on state volleyball. You know, you have the football program that's had, you know, success across the years, produced some amazing athletes and, you know, just amazing people. You talk about, um, you, you know, you know, so Maje came through there and uh, did, you know, went on and still doing great things on the field, but you have, Young folks like you know Tobias Harris who is is going to play at Old Dominion and, and you know you have uh, we just hired a young man that, that graduated from Hendrickson and and played ball there uh, and I forgot his last name uh, Trevelyan and so Trevelyan you know he's not playing in the NFL but he went to school played some ball and now has come back to coach at the school he graduated from and so I think those are the things that have set the school up for success is this understanding of of you know what what it is that that is going to be necessary for for the kids to be successful and and, and being mindful and thoughtful of, of hiring people like yourself that that understood that relationships are important that's we're going to ground everything in that and then we're going to be really good at our work right if, if i'm an inclusion teacher or a position coach i'm going to do that really well or if if i'm you know i'm running the credit recovery lab i'm going to do that really well if i'm an ap and I'm in charge of safety and security. I'll make sure I do that really well. And, and so I think that's really what has set the tone. You know, Dr. Arfal always, always like to know her is to understand that, that that thing that she set it up for things to be grounded in relationship, right? And so you know that you, you know that when Dr. Arfal will show up to your campus when she became a, 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 a assistant superintendent with a with a uh ice cream pie, you know, that she understood, look, I'm going to come, we'll, we'll do the work, but I'm bringing you up. We're going to sit down and break bread and, and have conversation. 
you know, and, and build relationship. And those are the things that, that, that were in, that I have become foundational at Hendrickson, you know, and I say all the time, the parents are amazing. You know, they, they have like expectations of us and, and, but two, they support us as much as, as necessary. And I think, you know, just that mentality of, of valuing inclusivity is like, and like you said, you know, we were a, a national banner school uh, as a board. You know, we got that from Special Olympics, North America, and ESPN. Um, and right before we went on the pandemic in March of 2020, that was the last thing we did was get that banner. And then now that started. But, you know, it's that idea of inclusivity and valuing everybody. And and that that really, I felt like when that happened in 2020, we really turned a corner in terms of the campus culture, understanding like every single body. And, you know, it, and I say that like in that manner, every single body of the, you know, 2,500 people on campus or 2,600, whatever it would be, was important. And, and no one was was going to be minimized for any reason, and everyone was going to be valued and, and included in, in, you know, all parts from, you know, leadership to involvement across the campus. So, yeah, I think, I think I'll just go back to, I think that Dr. Einfeld really grounded the campus uh, and, and, and what was important. Oh, I love that, man. And I'm going to give you a chance to put kind of like a, a salesman recruiter hat on and these last couple questions before we close the first one is you know you're a former coach that has progressed into administration you've hired former coaches as ap's and and helped groom them what would you say to coaches that realize there's not very many head coaching spots um i want to affect change i want to create more opportunity i want to help kids you know, and I want to help teachers. What would you say to them about stepping out of their comfort zone and looking at administration? Um, you know, what, how, what would, what would you direct them to? What, what advice would you give? Yeah. So first and foremost, just for any coach that's listening to this, understand that the, the, the effect that you are having in your position is exponential. I don't sit here today if not for a coach, right? Think about that. You know, I I did some some wonderful things, but I was able to do them because Coach Tommy Boyd believed in me, right? He instilled in me a belief that I could do some things, which you know my parents probably could were trying to do that. They're my parents, though. No one else had that thought or belief in me. And so, first and foremost, understand that, man. Like we need coaches that are about kids and, and making that change. So hear that first. But then, two, understanding that there is opportunities uh, on the, on, on, in other areas, right? Becoming assistant principals. The skill set is very similar. You, you know, you're talking to kids. You're coaching kids. You're holding kids accountable. You know, you work in long hours. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing that I did as a principal that you don't do as a coach, right? You eat in 15 minutes. You work 18 hours. You know, you're calling parents that are... Uh, angry at you, you calling parents to praise their kids, you know, you, you, you're hugging on kids, you're holding kids accountable, you know, that you, you don't see your families. And so, you know, there's, just like we don't, and it's, it's a very similar type of situation. And if there's like, I, I would say it this way, coach, like if there's someone out there that's contemplating the move into administration, whether it's assistant principal, 
or you know, a special ed coordinator, behavior specialist, you know, at central office or whatever, you know, reach out. Might they have them reach out through you, and we can connect. But uh, I think that it. I don't think it's, it's a difficult transition. Now, it may be scary. I, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing transition right now, going from a school building to my new role uh, with Special Olympics. And so, you know, I think that 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 it's, that is scary to make a change, but I know that through support, coaching, uh, you know, fellowship that that has become that it that that is possible and it is very doable. And so. I, again, I, I think that that coaches have what it takes to be successful at the work. It's, it's because nothing's going to surprise them. They, they they've seen it all on on in, in their position. It's not a whole lot yeah, that you ain't seen as a coach that you know that. I, it's not a story I could tell you that you would say I have I have one like that, but but I can one up you on that. And I think that 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 really would be it. And so you know. Uh, reaching out, talking to those that you trust, you know, and that about, you know, what the work is like. But in terms of like, you know, being, you know, hesitant because it's going to be different, I, I don't think so. You know, there's been one or two folks that go into administration and like, man, that's a little bit too much and go back. Um, but for the most part, I would tell you that I've had soccer coaches, you know, hired a soccer coach. Uh, was a soccer coach for me. I told him to go on and get some experience somewhere else and then hired him back as an AP and a uh, very successful, uh, you know, art teacher uh, coach that just retired. He spent uh, about 18 years as an assistant principal. That's what he wanted to do. But as a coach, you know, he came in and it, what led to his success was understanding, that, you know, if, if I'm going to hold Daniel accountable and we're going to have hard conversations about his behavior or his academic progress, then I need to build a relationship. You know what I'm saying? And if, if I need him to run from sideline to sideline, he, he's got to understand first that I care about him. And, and when he raises his hand to come out and get a breather, that that I'm gonna I'm gonna acknowledge that and bring him over there and hug him up. And I think it's it's the very same way. You know, I'm not gonna hold a kid accountable for for tardies or for not behaving correctly in the cafeteria or whatever without first developing that relationship. And we sometimes we do that because we are having the conversations about why you're running down the hallway knocking other kids over, you know. But that's part of it. That's part of. It. Yeah, well, there's a good chance that Hendrickson they're running down the hallway knocking kids over because Patrick Forrester has wound them up as a freshman and told them you sprint down to the field house. <laughs> we've, seen, we've seen that a time or two. We've seen that a time or two. We try to get them to hit that that closest door to get out there, but you know they're excited and. Uh, nothing wrong with a freshman running to to football practice at all. No, no, sir, no, sir. All right, this will be the last question. Um, you you know you answer how you want to answer it. Um, your Twitter bio line is pro public school, so you still have your salesman recruiter hat on. There's politicians coming to you, and they want to know why should we continue to fund public school and why should we give more money to public school what would you say to them in regards to that um you know obviously in comparison to the alternative i.e charter private you know all that other stuff that they've floated around uh idea wise right well you know I, i've been and i appreciate you saying that about twitter so i'm gonna say this at daniel p garcia nine at Daniel P. Garcia, nine is my Twitter handle. And so follow me. I, 
I am pro public education. And I think that the, the things that we're doing in, in public schools is amazing. I, you know, uh, now being out of the, you know, having to be so uh, mindful, I guess I'll use that term of my comments. You know, I think that the, the public school educators and educators in general, you know, uh, have, have, have really uh, been underappreciated, you know, by so many. Um, I think that 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 what what needs to occur is really that we need to look at why so many people are leaving the profession. You know, is it is it merely salary? Are we just not paying teachers enough? You know, are, are the benefits, the insurance not good enough? You know, what it, what is it that that's that's happening in the, in the buildings? You know, and I think that in terms of funding, that yeah, you're right. You know, there it, uh, and without going into the the nuances of of the funding of public education is that it it needs to be more equitable, right? And that um, there needs to be an understanding that we serve all in a public school. We're, we, we're not able to turn people away. We're not able to send kids off and their families telling them, no, you, you know, we're not gonna have that here. And so, uh, yeah, you know, public education does amazing things for all kids, you know, and we, we take kids uh, of all abilities and. And support them, and and do do work to to better prepare them to be a part of our community. So yeah, the, I, I just think that you know there's been a, a loss of uh, a focus on what's important, and you know if education is important, that that then you know how teachers are paid and how schools are funded should definitely be looked at, you know, and so I, I'll say it like that, coach, because you know you can go into a whole lot of politics about this, that, and the other, and I, I don't know that, uh, that that serves us any, but, but, but I would say is like, you know, teachers deserve to be compensated better. Uh, they, uh, they, the work that they do is generational and it does affect generational change. Uh, and, and then, you know, there's, there's no reason, though I think it's great that, that teachers have Amazon lists and that they get fulfilled. And I think that's awesome, but I don't think that, that that should be the case. I think that teachers should walk in the building and have every single thing they need, uh, you know, to to do their job. You know, have a son that's inter interning at a at a major uh, software uh, company in in Austin, and he, he lacks for nothing. You know, he can go down and and grab a, a drink, uh, a snack anytime he wants. You know, he he they feed him breakfast, they feed him lunch, they have buffets for those folks. When they come in, I, and I've I've gone to visit, and I thought like, how amazing would it be for a teacher that 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 is at school, 10, 12 hours to to be able to go somewhere in the building and, and grab a, a lunch? You know, they they have a buffet for those jokers, and you know, not that we would serve beer at school, but they they even have beer at that place. I'm like, man, what is this? You know, but being able to go down to the to the to the uh, to the cafe and grab a, a soda or a drink and you know, or eat something for lunch so that you can focus really on the work. And so I think that there's something to that. Those or those companies do that because they know that that's how you're going to, that's how you're going to uh, attract talent, right? And if, if, if we want talent, talent, not that we don't have, but we want to continue the pipeline of talent into schools is, is that we need to be thoughtful and mindful of, of what's occurring around us to recruit, to recruit, uh, you know, talent. I love it. I love it, man. And you know that that that's that hits the nail on the head. And um, 
you know, right there. We'll close with that. And uh, I, I encourage everybody to follow uh, Mr. Garcia. I'm going to call you Coach Garcia, you know, because that, that's just who you are. You, 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 as if anybody saw, you know, Friday night football games or soccer games or whatever, even band competitions, you know, he still gets fired up. Um, he's a very passionate supporter of, of his schools. So I can only imagine the, the passion and support that you'll bring in your role in Special Olympics. I wish you all the best. And, you know, I just sincerely thank you for the opportunity to, to come to Hendrickson and, and what you, what you did uh, for the campus uh, during, during my time there uh, under your leadership and, you know, just creating opportunities for, uh, for growth for so many people. Um, you know, I, I can't even begin to, to think how much you've paid it forward uh, from those that believed in you from the beginning. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, this is what we do all of this for, whether it's being, you know, in your position as a principal or, or you know, being a coach in general, it's just paying it forward because we're here. We're always here because of a teacher or a coach or, you know, combination of those kinds of people. So thank you. And, uh, you know, like I said, best, best wishes in retirement. And I'm, I'm sure you're going to stay busy because I don't think you can just sit still and do nothing. No, nah, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's all, I'm already busy and I'll uh, soon enough let everybody know what I'm up to, but coach just proud of you. And, you know, I was, I was looking at, at uh, your feed and, and was really impressed with, with the happenings at the, the, at the conference, the coaches, uh, coaching school. And just really proud to, to see the success of the Hispanic coaches association. What, what an amazing deal. And just so proud of, all of you guys for doing that and, and taking that initiative and, 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 and chance and just the leadership and opportunities that John's going to be able to afford this. I'm proud of you all. And, and I say that from the bottom of my heart, my, my goal is to show up next year at, at the, at the reception and at least, you know, uh, experience that firsthand, but you and I will stay in touch about that. You know, I, I need to get a membership for sure. And I'll, I'll look that up, but uh, just know that I'm proud of y'all and, you know, just coaches and, and educators in general, as y'all get ready to go back to school, coach, just just know that that for every naysayer that, that you will encounter, there's going to be a hundred of us that support you and continue the amazing work and continue to be amazing educators and know that the future of our country is really, truly at your hands. And, and we're proud of what y'all do. And uh, I, I'll, say it, I'll say it like that. And my boy, JJ, if he listens in, amen. No, I love you and I uh, love my coaches and, uh, you know, let's go Hawks. I, I definitely will be around cheering you from the sideline. I had to do it probably a little more quietly, but uh, <laughs> hey, let's get after it, Hawks. And uh, Coach, again, appreciate you, baby. Thanks for, for all the work that you do.